This is Window on the East, a podcast from BNE Intellinews. Subscribe at bne.eu. Hello and welcome to Window on the East with me, Ben Aris, the editor of BNE Intellinews. Russia's equity market is coming back to life. In 2016, the index was up by half, and although in 2017 it was more or less flat, there were a string of SPOs and IPOs, starting with Detsky Mir, that piqued investors' interest. Going into 2018, and the pipeline is full. In Moscow, I met with Alexei Klitenkov, who's the head of equity capital markets, and Yuri Prelipov, who's the head of investment banking at BCS, one of Russia's leading investment banks and brokerages, to talk about the outlook for the market. We wanted to have a look at uh, the capital markets. They seem to have come back uh, to life. Um, That in 2016, the public market was up by half. Last year was less exciting, but at a corporate level, there was uh, a lot more going on, and some companies put in some really good um, returns on their equity prices. And of course, um, BCS had its debut IPOs with two mid-cap companies, Obuf Russia and Global Track. And this is a sort of interesting company to foreign investors. Uh, They're apolitical, they're good, solid growth stories. The outlook for the markets um, going forward for the next year, I think... In particular, the pipeline for IPOs and SBOs is actually filling out rapidly. The people are finally coming back to the market. Yuri, what's your take on that? Well, we've seen a very good uh, previous year because after a few years when the markets were almost closed due to political events and due to a decline in the oil price, I think 2017 was very good in terms of the number of transactions out of Russia. And uh, not only IPOs, but also we've seen a number of uh, SPOs coming from Russia. Uh, and indeed, there were four, well, depends on how you count it, four or five IPOs out of Russia last year. Uh, all started with Detsky Mir and then just continued uh, quite encouragingly. And yes, we've done two, two transactions, two IPOs uh, from Russia. These were debut deals for BCS. Yes. Uh, one is uh, Global Track and that is Obu uh, Russia. Let's tell me a little bit about the two companies yeah. because um, there was a question. Typically, in the past, we had some really big IPOs, Sistema, Rosneft. Right, right. And there was even a question, given all of the investment images with Russia, that a mid-cap would be uh, successful, successfully flow. And yet the, the foreign investors were also extremely interested in the, the, these flows, is that true? Yes, that's correct. I think these uh, two deals were quite unusual for the Russian market because these were probably some of the smallest sort of widely marketed uh, IPOs transactions from Russia uh, over the last few years for sure, maybe even ever throughout the entire history of the Russian uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, equity market. You, you were talking to the investors, I mean, what were their feedback then and why were they interested? They were marketed the same way as many mid, uh, mid or large size Russian transactions. They targeted the same investor base, institutional, international institutional investors, Russian institutions, and on top of that we also targeted Russian retail. International investors, portfolio investors, they are still the backbone of uh, widely marketed Russian transactions. Mm. Uh, depending on a transaction, uh, international institutions account for 
70 to 80, sometimes even high percentage of the total demand. And they're also the main price driver. There's no problem with the ticket size though. I mean, typically international investors are looking for big ticket investments and, and these are smaller. Obviously, uh, every investor has their own demand in terms of uh, you know, expected aftermarket liquidity of their ticket size. These are the key investor concerns which we face. Obviously, not, not every investor would participate in such a transaction, but still they're acceptable from a business standpoint. And as we found out, majority of the investors would be interested uh, from, uh, from the beginning, and many of these interested investors would uh, ultimately participate in the deal. So this, this doesn't actually match with the Russia story, in quoted commas, uh, that's being sold in the West about you know, Putin dictator, Donbass, Crimea, sanctions, the hacking of the US election. But it seems to me that there's a, um, a divide that's opened up again that we've seen so many times in the past between what's being reported and what the investors see in terms of Russia, that their metrics for measuring the country is different. They're looking at returns. The whole uptick in 2016, I understood that as Russian equities were simply so cheap that people thought at this point, you know, we've got to buy some. It's, even if it's terrible, it's going to go from terrible to bad. Well, actually, I think I agree with you because I wouldn't say that uh, all these factors you've mentioned are irrelevant. Obviously, they're very important. Sanctions, uh, all this political volatility, uh, oil price, clearly they drive the market to a great extent. Uh, but uh, obviously investors ask a very simple question whether or not they can make returns in specific transactions and whether risks are acceptable. So, and uh, you're absolutely right, there was an impression, and still an impression, that uh, further deterioration is uh, rather unlikely, that we've reached some point of potential recovery. So that's the key question, though. Further deterioration is unlikely we've reached the bottom, but does that necessarily mean that we're going to start seeing growth, I mean, or boom, or recovery? Equity capital markets tend to be more volatile than the overall economy is, uh, given that we have a lot of factors which may impact the market in the short term, in the medium term, and uh, that's I would say at this point in time are mostly political rather than economical, economic driven. One of the main risks which we're facing in the short term is the possibility of new financial sanctions from America in February, I think it is. And they're talking about possibly um, limiting American investors at least access to the offsets, specifically the Russian Treasury bonds. So very hard to predict anything in this volatile environment, but what we do know that we really know that there is a very strong pipeline of uh, very healthy, growing companies out of Russia looking to go into the market. We see a lot of good, strong companies, uh, uh, well prepared for a transaction with a good equity story, uh, with owners who are really uh, motivated to go into the public market of, of different sizes, smaller companies, larger companies. You, you, you're going to be involved in more IPOs in 2018? Oh, we hope so, we hope so. Well, it's hard for us just to disclose some specifics on, on the name, but we've seen interest from various industries uh, and from, from different companies. And in terms of sectors, again, the, the Russian equity market is heavily uh, dominated by oil and gas. However, the companies that are coming to market, Desky Mir is a great example, children's retail. Is there 
a change in the companies that are coming? We, we already mentioned that there is a mid-cap uh, companies now looking to raise capital. What we hear from investors that uh, they are very much interested in uh, mid-sized, quality, good quality uh, stories and uh, with some domestic angle, but not necessarily. So uh, I think we will see a very healthy mix of potential companies going into the market. So there is also a massive domestic sector in Russia, not commodity sector in Russia. Uh-huh. And uh, the company, they have been growing, consolidating, have been uh, building their standards, expanding. And now many of them are really in the stage when they are ready to go to public markets. Because life goes on. Of course, yeah, yeah of course. And business continues to grow here. And yeah. the economy now is, is growing, albeit much more modestly than it was in the boom years. But nevertheless, the, you know, the people are making profits and investing and growing their business. Exactly. And it's important to mention that it's not only on the supply side, it's also on the demand side. There has been a tangible on the supply of uh, Russian equity offerings in the past years, that's basically counting from the end of 2013 to probably beginning of last year when basically Detsky Mir reopened the market for you know widely internationally marketed IPOs. And uh, this undersupply has been uh, with uh, investors who were used to invest in Russian equities generally and these investors are still there, the portfolio managers are still there and uh, they are always looking for interesting new stories and as you rightfully mentioned uh, that very often lies in the uh, sectors which are far away from commodities. In the boom years 2004-2008 market the index was going up by 40-50% every year, everyone got very excited, it was very obvious. Um, emerging markets in general had a great year last year with the MSCI EM index returning 32%. But Russia did its classic thing, it's either always the best performing market or the worst. And it doesn't do sort of mediocre. And it, of the emerging markets, it did the worst. If you look at the past two weeks, which mm. were actually, which are record high in terms of uh, funding flows in Russian equities and Russian bonds for the last three or four years, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean the trend would go on throughout the year. Uh, it, it only means that uh, for certain investors who are more oriented at uh, uh, wider market holding a wider range of stocks, uh, benchmarking against key indices. Uh, this is more uh, a question of trend and overall money inflow. But there are also active fund managers who are very well familiar with Russian risk. They are happy to take Russian risk and to actively manage it, meaning that they take exposure to certain stocks and avoid the others. And these fund managers are actually able to make superior returns. They are able to outperform the index, and this is the key. Uh, these people are the key drivers for uh, new equity deals. They look exposure to new sectors. They try to diversify their portfolio, and they are very smart in terms of selecting uh, the right stock at the right time. What is also important is not just only corporate governance, but also the market infrastructure in Russia. Mm. Because what we've seen uh, that most of the deals, uh, most of IPOs, small IPOs actually were happening on MySex, on Moscow Exchange. Uh, so, and uh, I think now Moscow Exchange has reached a stage 
when most of international investors looking at Russian stocks are very happy to invest in uh, local listings. We have very good uh, dialogue with Moya. They are now very much focusing on uh, widening Russian public markets to broader uh, range of investors, to Russian retail, to smaller funds. Uh, and uh, we see that Moix are very, uh, so the, uh, Moix management are very professional people, have very strong dialogue, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's very encouraging too. Uh, you guys now have mentioned twice retail, Russian retail investors, yeah. and uh, I understand that the number of individual accounts again has gone shooting up. The retail investment into bonds and equities has, uh, has sort of started taking off, and moreover, it's not like previous uh, episodes of this were speculative. Yeah. short-term, these are long-term investments. We see there is a growing interest of retail investors uh, towards uh, uh, public markets, and you're absolutely right, the reason is quite straightforward. Uh, there is a very st uh, now deposit rates are very low, and, uh, and uh, public markets give you access to a much higher return. Uh, unlike uh, a few years ago. Two or three years ago, you could open a deposit account at, I know, like 12, uh, 15 maybe even, uh, interest rate or maybe even higher. Mm. Uh, and uh, it is all protected by the government. Uh, if you split this amount between a number of banks, the deposit then, the, the 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 yeah, then it's fully protected by the government and there is a very good story uh, even with the, the number of uh, recent restructuring of different banks, uh, I don't think any retail investor has lost their savings. And now the situation is very different. Uh, deposit rate is, I know, um, even at the most risky bank, it's, I think it's less than 10% in rubles. Uh, and if you uh, open a deposit with Sberbank, then I think it will be very, uh, much lower than this. So then, uh, but if you buy bonds of uh, the same banks, which where you can open a deposit, then even by very, this very simple sort of financial operation, you have uh, quite a significant uh, uplift. So I'm that happy now. I'd like to thank you, gentlemen, for taking the time to talk to me. Really interesting. I wish you all the best for the year. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you for this interview. It was very nice to meet you.